Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. you the news headlines as I was writing this message on Thursday. A building collapsed near Miami, at that time leaving 52 missing and one dead. They're not sure yet why it collapsed. A pedestrian bridge over 295 around Washington, D.C. collapsed, probably due to a truck collision. The bridge was listed in poor condition before the collapse. Rudy Giuliani has been temporarily suspended from practicing law until the investigation into the charge that he propagated false information about the election is complete. Hundreds of additional unmarked graves are found at another former school for indigenous children in Canada. An Atlanta rideshare driver fatally shot his passenger after a dispute. Britney Spears tells the court that she has been terrorized under the conservatorship managed by her father. She claims she is drugged and confined to her home against her will. There is a severe water shortage in the West due to climate change. John McAfee commits suicide in a Spanish prison after they grant the extradition to the U.S. on tax evasion charges. There is a strong belief by some segments of the U.S. that he was murdered to keep him from naming names and exposing the guilty secrets of some governments. I don't know if that's true, but his software on my computer told me that the website was safe. On any given day, we can all read all sorts of dire and horrific news. Although they do share some of the brighter stuff, like a mother and daughter using lemonade sales to buy a trip to Universal Studios in Orlando, what usually draws our attention are those oh-my-goodness articles that leave us gasping, what is the world coming to? To which most of us would reply, if asked, it's going to hell in a handbasket. This world seems to be falling apart at the seams. There is a lot that seems to be so wrong that it feels, to me anyway, like we're standing next to a volcano, just waiting for the next eruption and praying we don't get caught up in the blast or get swallowed up in the lava. I hear all the time. And just watch the news, you'll see it too, that everywhere we look, there is moral decay. No one does what is right, has any moral values at all, so no wonder we're in such a mess. There's so much division. No one can agree on anything, and we're mad about it. There's such violence. People bringing guns to a kid's party to end a fight. Forget talking it out. Just punch them or shoot them blind, shoot blindly into the car, the person who cut you off. We can't let go of anything. If someone makes a mistake or perhaps a bad choice, they will be stripped of all their dignity and it ends their career, their marriage, and their relationships with anyone else. There's so much prejudice, all those isms like racism, sexism, ageism, gender, sexual identityism. There's even a new ism, and I created this one unvaccinatedism. The prejudice that Those choosing not to be vaccinated face if they are bold enough to let someone else know their status. 
Now, I've actually seen bullying between both these groups of the enlightened vaccinated people and the heathens, their words, not mine, that have chosen not to be vaccinated. But to be fair, the bullying is going both ways, especially regarding masks. People have told me, told me, that I don't have any faith in Jesus if I wear a mask or if I get vaccinated. Don't get me started on that. Natural disasters are out of control, almost a daily occurrence. And if anyone disagrees in a public protest, get ready for looting and violence. All this and the pandemic have generated more anger than we've seen in decades. More anxiety meds are being prescribed than ever before, along with increased illegal drug use and overdoses. No one trusts the government anymore, and everywhere there's a tremendous amount of disrespect. The state of the world crisis, and not getting any better anytime soon. Something's got to give. What do we do? What can we do? Through this series, we're going to explore what is really happening in the world and what is we as Christians are being called to do, if anything. We will look at ways God has given us to stop the volcano from erupting and leaving devastation in its path. If not for the whole world, then at least for us as Christians and as individuals. I don't have all the answers to these global issues. No human being does. But we can look at the truth and then look at God's word to determine how we respond and maybe make the world a little less out of control and dangerous. Now, we're going to start with the biggest complaint that I've heard since I've been in ministry. The moral fabric of this nation and the world is decaying at a rapid pace. Someone said to me, He could fit the morals of people today in a thimble and still have room for his thumb. Do any of you feel that way? Well, I'm going to make statements here about moral values ranging from they are much less, slightly less, the same, slightly better, and much better than 10 years ago. So I'm going to want you to raise your hand which one you agree with right now. The first statement, the morals of today are much less than 10 years ago. The morals of today are slightly less than 10 years ago. The morals of today are the same as 10 years ago. The morals of today are slightly better than 10 years ago. The morals of today are much better than 10 years ago. Yeah, we noticed that no one raised their hands for the better part, right? And it was really heavily on the much less, right? So here we go. Well, maybe we should have done this first, but let's define what morals and moral values actually are. Morals are concerned with the principles of right and wrong behavior and the goodness or badness of human character. They are a person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and is not acceptable for them to do. The issue is that morals are very objective. They can and often do differ from person to person. And they especially do from generation to generation. So in other words, what I might consider a moral virtue may not be what you consider a moral virtue. So if we want to talk about moral decay, we have to decide what morals we're talking about. 
For example, most of the time in the here and now, people refer to things like abortion rates, casual sex, gun violence, pornography, adultery, childbirth out of marriage, divorce rates, and fraud, things like that. Looking back to the time Jesus walked the earth, there would have been the same cry of moral decay if someone worked on the Sabbath, talked to a man who wasn't their husband ever without their husband present. Adultery had the same judgment. Letting girls go to school. Allowing a person of lower status to eat at your table who let the riffraff in. See, even just a few decades ago, the moral fabric was decaying as women went into the workforce instead of staying at home and raising their children. As people of color were allowed to be in the same physical space as white people in restaurants and stores. As blue laws were repealed and people no longer had to close their stores on Sundays. The point is that what is moral, the word that shapes what is right and wrong, changes over time with our culture. What was morally wrong for our older generations, homosexuality, marijuana, doctor-assisted suicide, living together before marriage, and others, just isn't a moral issue for the newer generations. I'm not endorsing or judging any of these at this point. I'm just stating the facts. But part of our complaint is that things aren't going well. All of these markers of our moral values are a colossal issue. Gun violence is on the increase. Abortions are up. Divorce is skyrocketing. Teen substance abuse is rising. Homicides are increasing. Suicides are headed up. But are they? See, we often say that and we believe that it's true, but is it the truth? Well, no, not really. Back to the news, just reporting the sensational and the bad. It's our perception because we only look at the news to get our information. Actually, U.S. violent crime is down 51% from 1991, with robberies overall down 68%. In New York City, Homicides are down 90% from 1991, the lowest in 50 years. The same statistics hold true with burglary and auto theft. In Los Angeles, homicides are down 75%. Baltimore and Chicago, they're up. But for the most part, the statistics do not support the rise in crime as a factor in the drop in morality. It seems those officers in blue have been doing a better job than they're given credit for. But maybe we've actually all been doing a better job in some areas. The divorce rate has declined 18% from 2008 to 2016. Suicides, until the pandemic at least, were decreasing every year for the past 20 years. The rate of adultery has declined and continues to decline. Our younger generation still believes it's morally wrong to have an affair. We can praise God for that. They say perception is reality, and there is some truth to that. So maybe the moral fabric isn't decaying as badly as we might think. However, that doesn't give us a free pass to just say, okay, and let it go. Those numbers may have declined or even stayed the same, but those behaviors are still out there. Someone somewhere is still committing murder, or robbery, fraud, 
adultery, stealing, cheating, not living up to those moral values we hold dear. So what can we do about that? Well, we begin by finding our moral compass, defining what we, as the people of God called Christians, call moral and immoral behaviors. As I said earlier, morals are defined by each individual or generation, by the culture and society of that time. For the people of God, we should have a solid grip on what constitutes moral and immoral because we have the foundation of God's word, where we are given those values, the instructions on how to live our lives, what is right living and what is wrong. Now, I'm not saying everything is cut and dry because we know there are some gray areas and questions. It is a lifelong search, but it has to start somewhere. So I chose to start with the Ten Commandments. God gave this list to the Israelites to set them apart from how the world operated, to give them a unique set of moral values. This is a good starting place if you want to develop and define your own moral standards. Yet we can make this list even shorter. Jesus did. When asked what is the greatest commandment, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Each of these ten commandments speaks to either loving God or your neighbor in some way. Actions that reveal a deep foundation of love. Each time we choose to act according to these commandments brings honor to God, strengthens the moral fiber of our own hearts and of the communities we live in. Micah 6, 8 reminds us, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? There isn't a single person listening to my voice that can change anyone else's moral character without their consent. There is no way to regulate the behavior of others. If there was, we wouldn't need jails. If they don't want to change it, they're not going to change. And if you don't believe me, talk to someone who thought they could change their spouse once they got married. Talk to the people trying to convince unvaccinated people to get a vaccine. Talk to the parents in a store trying to stop a temper tantrum. We can't do it. The only power we have to change anything is to let God change us. And we still have to consent. We can only change the world by changing our own behavior. Just that alone will make the world a better place. And if we have any hope at all of strengthening the moral fabric of the nation or the world, it all begins right here in our hearts. Once we have begun the work of living to the standards that God has laid out for us, we can become a beacon for others. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. People are more receptive to that light when it shines in their direction. That's why Matthew 7.12 is a key verse. If we can just live out one verse in our entire lifetime, this is a good one. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Can we do just that one thing? We can relax about the decay of the moral fabric of the universe. 
People say that in every age and time. Look at the Roman Empire. Their morals were no different as far as a lot of things and much worse than others. Look at the time when the world had Hitler and Stalin. Look at the age of slavery in our country. We can point to the evidence of immoral behavior in every time in history. But hopefully, as we begin to live out our faith under the direction of our moral compass given to us by God, the moral fabric of our nation and our world will be strengthened. Something's got to give. The number one cause of the decay of that moral fabric that was given in most everything I read is the decline of faith, our belief in God. In many ways, that's true. We need a unified moral compass in order to have the same moral attitudes and behaviors instead of trying to make those decisions on our own. Our faith in God giving us the same foundation for our moral standards will bring about the change we want to see in the world. So if you want to make a change, first make those commandments the foundation for your behavior and how you live in the world. Then tell those around you about Jesus. Use words if necessary, but let people see how living according to that moral compass that God has given us leads us to a better life, a more loving world, and that peace that we all long for in our lives. And if perception is reality, look around, perceive and see that God is moving and working in the world for our good. And then maybe, just maybe, you won't be so anxious. Maybe, just maybe, you will see the goodness of God all around you. And if something's got to give, let it be you. Giving the love of God to the world in how you live your life according to God's moral compass. And then this world will be a lot better. Amen. Won't you pray with me? Holy God, we just thank you for the gift that you have given us in your word, that we have a moral compass if we will just learn to incorporate that into our lives. Lord, we ask for the strength and the courage and the conviction to do just that, that we would live out your word given to us so that others will see that it is a better way to live, a way of love, a way that leads to peace and not devastation and decay. Lord, open our hearts to receive that compass and help us as we walk with you and in our days ahead that we would just cling. and live our lives in the way that you would have us live and love. In the name of your Son, amen.